This week's episode of the Foot and Crease Podcast is sponsored by LaRoe Specialty Foods and Fine Italian Bakery. They are located at 327 Bronte Street South in Milton, Ontario. You can visit their website at LaRoseBakery.com and check out their Instagram page at LaRoseMilton. Welcome to episode 21 of the Foot and Crease podcast. My name is Angelo Lippa, joined as always by Taylor Prestige and Michael Chakin. Boys, how we doing, Taylor? I'll start with you because uh, we'll get to Mikey in a second, but uh, how are you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. Um, not much exciting in comparison to our compadre, Michael, so we'll flip it over to him. Mikey Oguri! Congratulations, brother. Wow. That's it. That's it. Give it up. Stick taps for Michael. Yeah. Uh, well, since last time we spoke, uh, new new home and uh, the baby decided to come a little early. So uh, proud uh, father, my little girl, Mila, she decided to come a day after we uh, moved in here. So <laughs> I called it. Dude, uh, that's what you get. I knew you had her moving. Oh, she's not going to be doing anything, buddy. We, we had the live cam streaming. She was waltzing around there with boxes. Yeah. You know, you know what? So we got this place the Friday and uh, we're moving in on the Sunday and Friday morning. She said to me that she was having cramps. And I'm like, oh, just fucking hold it in for two more days. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it worked out, man. Fuck, thank God. Well, those Braxton Hicks, man, those will tell you that it's imminent. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah. You know? so, so she, yeah, held off and she showed up, uh, yeah, day after we moved in here. So. How's it been? With, how's it been so far? What, about a weekend to being uh, – a dad, we've seen how you handle just being a regular adult when we were in college. So yeah, it's, it's a little different now, I'm sure. Yeah, but I got I there's some big question it. marks over here. Thank God you got Erica. Uh, yeah, thank God for Erica. And uh, yeah, Taylor, I'm sure you're the same, buddy. Hey, Jenna, fucking holding the fort down big time. <laughs> but no, you know how it is. First few nights, no sleep, and just kind of figuring out literally by the hour. So uh, we've been home for a week now with her, and. Uh, Learning as we go, so mm-hmm. yeah, can't uh, I don't remember life without her, even though it's been a week and a bit. So isn't it crazy uh, that, but also just like seeing your child come into the world, it's there's nothing like it. There yeah. truly isn't. You know? That was fucking thrill. And I, may I point out, she was born Tuesday, April twenty sixth, at seven twenty p.m. right before Matthews hit the hit the sixth goal mark. So wow, yeah. Well, Let's hope she's brought, uh, you know, good good luck to the Leafs for the rest of their run. But uh, that's awesome, Mikey. We're all proud of you. Can't wait to meet the little one. Can't wait to explore the house and really, like, walk around just disapprovingly. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to know what you think of Michael's windows, really. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad about a fucking, I'm, I'm about fucking enough, all right? <laughs> the commentary i put together a nice little shack for us and the family to live in and all i get is fucking flack it's unbelievable (laughs) 
Anyway, uh, moving on from there, Angelo, how are you? What's going on in Montreal? And and there was a sad day in Montreal. Yeah, the passing of Guy Lafleur. What's happening? Yeah, so I'm I'm doing good, but uh, the city of Montreal's I think still even uh, it's been a week and a half, almost two weeks now uh, since the passing of Montreal Canadiens legend uh, Guy Lafleur. He passed away on what day was it? I think it was. Uh, April 27th, Friday, April 22nd, which wasn't too long ago. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of people that were shocked by it. Not shocked, but, you know, saddened by it because, you know, he was such a pillar of the franchise and such a pillar of, like, you know, hockey too because of what he meant to the game. And, you know, he was kind of, you know, we don't see that now in the game as much as probably back in the day. Like a lot of people, it's been a lot of reflecting here in the city, like talking about like Rocky Richard, he was kind of like, the like the people like for the people of Quebec really like during a tough time when they were you know going through like the 50s and whatever and Belleville was like this you know larger than life you know like commanded like was like you stood up straight when he walked in the room but Lafleur was a little different because Lafleur Lafleur was out partying you know most nights after a game and he was kind of like with the people so that connection that he had with you know the people of Montreal the fans of the Montreal Canadiens you know, really has stood the test of time. And we saw it, you know, with the outpouring of, you know, support and, you know, on social media and even here, like listening to the radio and people talk about like, you know, not just Guy Lafleur, the hockey player, but Guy Lafleur, the man who, you know, would always take time to like sign an autograph or take a picture with someone, you know, like wasn't too big, you know, of a, of a start to like realize like, these people, these fans, you know, they, they, at the end of the day made me who partly who I am. So, uh, you know, tough blow for the Montreal Canadians as an organization, because I really think he's the, he's the last of like the, the, of what, like the greatness that they've had. And, uh, you know, uh, just a sad day for, for hockey in general, because even too, we lost the, you know, we lost Mike Bossy, I think a week before that as well. So it's been a, it's been kind of a tough time for, you know, Hockey fans, Montreal Canadiens fans. I was at the game, the uh, season finale there when uh, the Canadians put ten on the uh, put ten on the board, and you know, kind of the crowd was just in a gee chant for the next maybe you know ten minutes of the game. So incredible to be there, and you know, it, it they had the state funeral on Monday, which was uh, sorry Tuesday, which was another you know showing of you know outpouring support and love for uh, the man that was Guy Lafleur. So you know. Hopefully, you know, the Montreal Canadiens at one point can get a player like him. But, you know, he was uh, watching the highlights. The superstar is like putting it mildly of what he was uh, for the game of hockey. So, yeah. And and he was also, I would say, the the key cog and probably the greatest team to ever play, which was Mm -hmm. the 79 Habs, 78, 79 Habs. and that team was like unbelievable. Uh, Ken Dryden and that, but they were just the most complete team of all time, right? Larry Robinson and Steve Schutt and Serge Savard and just uh, a totally complete team. And actually, oh, and Ken Dryden and that, of course, but they also have one of the most bizarre uh, stats in hockey history. There are two players that were the only players born in these countries that played on that team. Rick Chartra, who was born in Venezuela, and of course, Hall of Famer Rod Langway, who was born in Taiwan. So there you go. 79 Habs, not only. 
And those were the only players on the whole roster that weren't Canadian. So there was no Russians, no Swedes, no Americans, but one guy from Taiwan, one guy from Venezuela. Anywho, um, RIP Gila Fleur, let's talk NHL playoffs. Yeah, and we'll, uh, we'll jump right into the Toronto Maple Leafs because I think it would only be fitting to talk about them leading off the show as we have uh, the last few weeks, actually, because they've been in their – they were in a playoff push and everything going on. So uh, we've seen two games so far from the Leafs. Uh, tied at one apiece. Not bad when you're playing the defending Stanley Cup champions. I think the Leafs have, you know, for all intents and purposes, maybe even been the better team in this series because of the way they've been playing. But uh, what are your boys' uh, thoughts so far through the first two games? How's everything been? Like, you know, positives, negatives – Things that you wish, you know, you could change a little bit about this team? Michael, uh, you start, man. <laughs> I, I think I think they've been the better team throughout the first two games. I think um, last night, uh, game two there, the first period, they were the better team. Vasilevsky stole the first period mm-hmm. and therefore gave Tampa Tampa the, the room to come back into the game. Then, of course, Tampa gets that lucky bounce with a, a second and a half to go in the first. And after a period that Toronto was feeling pretty good about, the power uh, – sorry, the penalty kill was looking good. It's one nothing Tampa off of fluke play. And then to start the second, Vasilevsky makes that fucking ridiculous classic Lippa mainway glove save on, <laughs> not on Lilligren there. And then right after that save, Perry buries one, right? So mm-hmm. I think the difference last night was not that Campbell was bad. Vasilevsky was just fucking unbelievable last night. And Toronto stole Barry three. So I think that should be a positive for Toronto. And um, and the stupid fucking penalties. Like, I, I'll, I'll, you can't take – after Toronto makes it 2-1, and, and I love Wayne Simmons, but you take a bad penalty like that right after you get back in the game at home and the building's rocking – and then Tampa goes up 3-1 and just deflates the, the, the whole building. But overall, Toronto's been the better team, which kind of concerns me um, that they were the better team yesterday and still couldn't get the win because that's just what Tampa's done. How many times in the last two years that Tampa's been sluggish and Vasilevsky steals games for them, right? Or drags them, drags them back into games. So I don't... That's, my, that's my thought. And I know we'll touch on this after, but I think some guys also, though, in Toronto, mainly the captain – needs to do something, man. Like, I'm watching last night, like, you got – I'm noticing fucking Pierre Engvall and, and Mikheyev and uh, obviously the, the the big, like, Matthews Marner, even though they had a quiet night, still, I think, got two goals for that line. And Tavares is just fucking nowhere. Mm-hmm. And that's a major problem because I feel like at some point Stamkos is going to have a game. And I just can't say the same about Tavares. You don't get the feeling that he he's going to have one, so – that's my thoughts. Taylor, what are you seeing so far? I mean, it was quite entertaining last night watching the game with Marley's captain, Richard Clune, because um, obviously getting a little bit of a different perspective with him uh, in my ear. Um, but, you know, aside from the Taveras and Simmons, like all in all, I'm not, I'm not as worried because to me, Vasilevsky was all world last night and the Leafs still tucked three on him. Yeah. So that tells me the offense is there and I don't hold maybe, maybe one back maybe, but like Jack Campbell, 
I don't really hold him accountable for the goals that went in last night. I think just undisciplined, really. Um, Simmons knows it. He said it in the media. I don't – I just don't think he's the guy to be going in in game three here. I would love to see Jason Spezza back out, uh, put, put together that fourth line with Spezza, Kasha, and uh, Blackwell. Love to see them as a unit. Um, Clifford and like, look at what Clifford and Simmons have done to the Leafs, right? Like that now, mind you, they used Clifford's five minute major as a rallying point in game one, but Holy fuck, what a terrible start to the playoffs. It would have been like, it just feels like every year between the nonsense with the cadre suspensions and like, uh, Corey Perry taking Tavares' head off. I was like, here we fucking go. We got a misconduct and a, suspension coming five minutes into the game you know into the series but they use it as a rallying point and i just don't i get why keith has been putting those guys out but i think what blackwell and spezza or sorry yeah essentially blackwell and spezza what they bring to the table is just so much more important to uh this year and and they're tough guys right they play a tough style of hockey go ahead mike no i was gonna say i i Agree with that, but then you look at fucking. It's hard to say because you then you got fucking Maroon and Perry on the other side, and it makes you feel more comfortable with at least one guy in there. But like you said, Clifford, halfway through the first period, not even takes himself out of fucking game one. And like you said, that it, Toronto got lucky. They they had momentum off of that penalty kill, and that's what turned the game. But that could have easily gone the other. Like look at last night, that could have gone the other way. And and Simmons, like in the playoffs, it's about small comparisons like like between the two teams so last night you look at the fourth line of each team Perry scoring a, a key breakaway goal to make it two nothing Simmons taking two bad penalties that result in two fucking goals against mm-hmm. and that's the difference last night it's a 5-3 final right yeah so and they yeah, took seven minor penalties let's face yeah. it like yeah and, and, bad ones. and, and Tampa converted on four of them yeah, Tampa's power play last night was they fucking they were. and yeah, if Toronto was fucking stupid to think that because they killed them all in game one that they could play with fucking fire again. Like no. and I know they said that they need to be um stay out of the box, but you should you should fucking know that. Like you can't be taking penalties against fucking Tampa. Like look how they won the last two Stanley mm-hmm. Cups, right? Dude, Clifford like, Clifford though and Simmons, listen. I love uh I really love Simmons as a player. To be honest, not I'm not really a Kyle. Clifford guy but I get what you're saying you don't want Perry and uh, Maroon running around out there causing problems without someone there to answer the bell but Jake Muzzin is still there like you still got Spezza's not what's that? Labushkin too I guess right? Yeah Labushkin, Buntings uh, Muzzin like the, like the lead Jordano too like you can't like Jordano's not guys that aren't going to back down TJ Brody doesn't back down you know mm-hmm. so I I get what you're saying, Michael, but just the genesis of this roster is inherently tougher than it's ever been Yeah. without Simmons and Clifford in the lineup, right? So I would just like to see – because Spezza doesn't take shit. Blackwell doesn't take shit either. He's just small. So I just want to see Spezza back in there. This fucking guy was the only reason that the Leafs took it seven games last year. Let's not forget – we're all easy to forget here – you know, Marner had a great season. Marner was nowhere to be seen last fucking playoffs. And Matthews was all right, but 
you know, Spezza was the guy who carried the torch. He almost single-handedly willed the Leafs into the second round. Well, yeah, and you remember against Columbus, he he got into that scrap, and that's what ignited the comeback in game four there in the play-in round. But I'm surprised that he wasn't in the lineup last night. When I saw again, he was a scratch. Like, And I get maybe because Keith wants to roll with the winning lineup, and I get that, but – Changes are coming now. Yeah, I like Spezza, man. He's not like he comes in and, and hurts the team. Like, No, I think he'll ignite the team. So that's what I'm hoping for. I echo your uh, same sentiment, Michael. I, I think the Leafs have been the better team, just undisciplined. Um, and no big glaring scaries, right? Like, it's not like Jack Campbell laid an egg. Or I guess the one scary thing is Tavares, but – Better him than Matthews or Marner, right? Or or Nylander. Um, no, but you need him at some point. Like, like he's you need gonna him at some point. He has to step at the end of the day. Like, he has to be able to step up in this situation because, look, you look at Marner and you look at Matthews. Like, I've I've watched game one and two, and Marner and Matthews have been fantastic for the Leafs. Like, you know, Marner's getting lots of opportunities. Was he he had the assist there on that Matthews tipping goal, um, but. Tavares and Nylander, I'm, I'm watching the game and I, I don't even hear Tavares' name being called. And that's, I, I imagine for Leaf fans, that, that that is genuinely concerning because, okay, fine, I get that he's probably, he's taking a little bit maybe of a different role, but in order for the Leafs to win this series at the end of the day, if he's going and Nylander's going along with Matthews and Marner, they can win this series. Like, I, I have no doubt, but they this is you know what two games now where it's kind of been he's the invisible man you know almost i'm i'm waiting for michael to ask me if uh, i've seen uh, john tavares at a bus station somewhere here in montreal you know the funny thing is angelo <laughs> is like he you look at his regular season which was mm-hmm. very underwhelming he was a point of game player still yeah. but i think that's reflective more of of him being on that power play, mm-hmm. right? He's getting his cookies, but like, yeah. like he, he has no, even if he's not putting up points, you need like even a couple shifts that are impact shifts, mm-hmm. get the momentum going. You know what I mean? Keep them hemmed in their zone. Like, and there's just none of that from him so far. And in the playoffs, it's short. I know it's only two games, but in the seven game series, that's a, a decent chunk of the series already. Now that's six periods of hockey. And, and, Game one was noticeable because the big boys and, and the team was just fucking playing great all around. But I don't know, man. When it gets tight, you're going to need them. Like, and, and yeah, this contract, is the, as the years have gone on, it's not looking very good. So, Lippo, as a neutral, what's your, what's your take on, on this Tampa-Toronto series so far? You know what? I think this is – I don't know about you guys. But if, I, if I was a Leaf fan, I think this is the one team – I'm probably wouldn't have wanted to play in the first round at least because, you know, like, I, I think the least, yeah, you don't say, oh, uh, well, but I like if the Leafs ended up matching up against say Boston or even Florida for that matter, I think the Leafs could have won the series. I think that the Leafs are, are, even though Florida has had this historic year, their goaltending is Swiss cheese at the end of the day. I don't trust Bobrovsky at all. And we see in the Carolina series, how, Boston, they have these, you know, it's, it's, it's starting to fall apart for them. Like the, the core that they had, the window is, the window is closed and locked and sealed and it's never going to open again because Patrice Bergeron isn't the player that he was, even though he's still an elite player and same with Marshawn and, you know, Carolina has lots of firepower, much like the Leafs do. And they have scoring up and down the lineup. 
you know, goaltending. They have Antti Ranta in that. Uh, I still think I think Jack Campbell's a better goalie. And weren't they down to their third goalie there the other yeah, day? Yeah, they, they yeah, ended the game. Hurt. Yeah. So, you know, I, I look at the Leafs and, and you know this is the t- this is a tough matchup. And if Tavares doesn't get going, the Leafs aren't winning this series. But if Tavares is going and the whole team is going. Like, I don't know about that, Angelo. Well, like, he hasn't showed up in the first two games. At least out of the box yesterday, they win that game. Like, oh, I, I know. And, and it, they played with fire, right? Like, in game one, like you said, they used that five-minute uh, penalty kill as a rallying cry. And I think the Leafs were actually the better team during that penalty kill, too, because they had numerous scoring chances. But last night, you know, you kind of saw the other side of the Tampa power play that's just – they get the puck at, at will and they're going to put it in the back of the net because, you know, they have elite level, elite level talent. But, you know, in order to win this series, the Leafs need John Tavares. At not the even, not even a fucking shot on net. Yeah. Like, 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 do you not get a shot? I don't think so. I'm going to see if I can find it, but like nothing. Ah, fuck. Like that's the guy. That's really the guy. JT's been grinding up Michael's ass the whole fucking year. I love it. Yeah, he's been he's been fucking. Well, the 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 whole season was just because of fantasy, but now it's like fuck. Like, come on, man. I'm interested to see what do you guys think when they go back to Tampa. Like, what's the percentage of Leaf fans you think in the building? Fifty. You think so? I'd say that that could be a difference maker too. I think is it's kind of like you still kind of got home ice because of the fans. Probably the coolest thing I've seen in years, man, has been this. uh, I don't know why. Maybe it's just coming out of COVID or whatever, but the Leafs uh, arena, the last two games has reminded me what it was like 20 years ago. Yeah. In the early 2000s. That was the last time. And then, like, as we got older and the team got shittier, it just turned into fucking suits. I was still chuckling. I'm like, as they do a couple pan-ins and stuff, I still chuckle, though, like, you got to be a real asshole to wear a suit to a playoff game, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a – how do you do that, man? Like, I get it. But, listen, if you're going to work and you work on Bay Street and you're going to the game after and you got six seats, no one's going to care in the office if you're wearing a fucking Tavares jersey, you know, unless it's Michael. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you tuck the jersey away. You put you hang the suit in your in your corner office or throw it in your car. And you just throw the jersey on. Like, it, you know, it, I can understand during the regular season. Okay, fine. But it's the playoffs, man. This is, this is the best time of year for hockey. And it's the most intense time of year. Yeah. And you're wearing a suit. Dude, Mind put, you. On, put on the fucking jersey. Can I, can I tell you something? This is a bit off topic. But someone we know, someone who listens to this podcast, his brother, who works in car sales, right, likes to wear a suit went to a game probably third or fourth last game of the regular season it was a sunday game took his kid to the game wearing a suit to a sunday game what are you doing why (laughs) like that's a huge no-no right yeah it was a sunday afternoon or sunday night game sunday afternoon light it was a matinee and this fucking guy wheels in like he owns the fucking Scotiabank Arena wearing a suit. Like, I saw that. I go, like, this is, this is so – this is such a no-no. But, yeah. 
Anyway, I digress. But yes, no, the crowd's been phenomenal. I thought Keith, it was it was amazing because you never see that side of Kiefer either. Like the in the press conferences, he's always got that MLSE buttoned up. You know, not, don't say too much uh, component to him. And like he he looked emotional talking about how great the fans were and how the fans willed them to. And it's like that is why home ice advantage is so powerful right yes the the building's been rocking man which is nice to fucking see like you said then since we were kids in the early 2000s it's been like that so and 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 i think too the fact of you know what we've gone through through covid so far like the leafs haven't had a playoff game with fans since when like what was it you know 2019 yeah that that easter weekend game six against the bruins when they closed it out uh, but like obviously the fans are gonna you know they're gonna show up because it's been you know three years and you know the way the team played this year and 50 plus wins and everything going on like you got the rocket richard you know trophy holder like the, it, it's an exciting time. trophy holder too yeah. probably no i don't think so i think it's going to a guy in uh, detroit there uh cider who's a mean motherfucker man okay like, well the calder the rookie scoring leader sorry oh there Anyways, but you know, for three years of, of you know no playoff hockey when the Leafs would have been in the playoffs come 29, uh, 2020 and you know they had the we had last year with whatever was happening. So you know I, I understand like the the Leaf like pa- Leaf fan passion and at the end of the day like it needs to be a rocky build and it can't be like it is during the regular season where you know the whole platinum section's empty till what the eight minute mark of the period. And then it's empty again by the end of the period. It's, it's important home ice advantage in the playoffs, especially when you have the fans, because you know, they can give you that little extra boost of energy that you probably didn't think you have and take you over the hump. And you know, when it's a, maybe a two, two game going in in game five and the Leafs really need a goal. Maybe it's the fans that really give them that extra push into the, you know, to get that goal and end up winning the game. Right. So, you know, Guys, the Boston Bruins are going to get eliminated here in four. Watch this. They're going to get – they're about to get swept, don't you guys think? I think they'll take one in Boston. Man, I think there's going to be some huge changes in Boston moving forward here because that group is aging, you know. And you saw they went with Linus Allmark for game one and game two, like – after game and they game. lost the Carolina's third string fucking goalie, yeah. man. They had an emergency backup goalie. I was yeah, like, like fucking they, David Ayers, 2.0. When Ranta went out, I think it was 0 0 still. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a full, that's a full game with their third uh, goalie in that. And... Yeah, Boston could only put one or two. What Was that game two or game one? That, it was game one, man. No, game two, they, they had the backup, the, the backup to the backup goalie in. That, last night? Last no. night, yeah. yeah. Was that last night? Yeah. yeah. Well, either way, they only scored two or one on them. Like that, that has, you know. No, I, I, I think they're in trouble. They're, I, I, I watched a bit of game one. Yeah. And I think it took until maybe the, what, when they really needed a goal with like seven minutes to go, they reunited the, the Pasternak, Marshawn, and Bergeron line. But other than that, they don't play together anymore. So I feel like Boston's missing that little bit of that, you know, scoring punch they really need. And I, I, they might see, they might take one at home, but I I can't see them you know winning this series. And like you said, there, there's major change coming there because you know how many years has it been now since you know they've been 2011. It's 20, 11 years, right? 
So, you know, 11 years and, you know, they fired Julian to bring in Cassidy, but other than the Stanley cup run they've been on, I don't think they've been out of the first round. Maybe once. Well, they beat fucking the Leafs. They played Toronto three times in the first round. So no, but wasn't but wasn't that wasn't that uh, that series wasn't that the year they that Boston ended up going to the Cup final? Twenty thirteen is the year they went to the Cup final when the Leafs gave up the four one lead, and then they beat Toronto in twenty eighteen and nineteen. But again, like we don't really need to revisit that. So go fuck yourself, uh, Angela. (laughs) But. Man, they're fucking up my bracket because my two big upsets were going to be Carolina taking Bo- or Boston taking Carolina down and L.A. taking uh, the Oilers down. Other than that, I'm going to fucking sweep. But with that said, we are now joined by our TSN Edge insider, Christian Marin. Christian, who's going to win the series, Boston or Carolina? What's going on, boys? Uh, I took Carolina in this series. I was a little nervous about uh Anderson's injury but Carolina just smoked Boston all season and I think Boston's kind of uh not 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 frauds but I think they're just kind of like past that old team that we that everyone kind of feared I don't think they're that team anymore but Carolina's just a powerhouse I mean coming into this season I didn't think Carolina was going to be this much of a powerhouse and they they they're looking pretty dominant there no matter who they're going with in that against against the Bruins I picked the Hurricanes, so I'm going to say the Hurricanes are going to win the series. You think they're going to blow it up in uh, Boston? Like, they're kind of teetering on that Winnipeg, Boston. I would – I hate to say it. Dallas is kind of in there for me, too, where it's like, what's the identity? Like, the old guard. Although Dallas – all the old bucks are on the second line. Like, they've they've kind of transitioned (laughs) out of it. You know? Yeah, they they've at least found some pieces to to fill in to what was expected out of like Ben and Sagan. They've now got Robertson and and Hintz, so that's at least somewhat of a nice little thing. But I don't yeah, I don't know if they'll blow it up because they're kind of just like they've got older guys, right? Like Krejci's gone, Rask is gone. Those are two yes. big big parts of of any team that they've had in the past that's made any sort of run. Um, I mean, Bergeron still – they all, all those guys still produce, but, like, Bergeron's getting up there now. Marchand's getting up there now, too. Pasternak's still quite young. But, I mean, they got to kind of fill in some pieces that – in terms of depth. Like, like DeBrusque was a guy that they were talking about trading all season. Like, no, they kind of, like, need guys like that for, for them to step up. So, they kind of got to regroup a little bit, I think. And I don't think it'll be any of those big names that, that are on the move, but they got to figure out something there, too. Man, Pasternak, I always think, because you group him with Bergeron and, uh, like, I always think of him with Bergeron and Marchand, and then it, because of those guys, it, it invokes the thoughts of Chara and Tukarask and Tim Thomas and, like, that older guard, right? But then you realize, like, Pasternak came in the draft, like, the same year as fucking uh, – like, he's really tight buddies with William Nylander. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, like, yeah, he's, he's younger than all of us, which is He's 25, like, man. He's way younger yeah. than all of us. You so. always think he's like a 32 guy, like, just because, like, he's he's just so skilled. And you think, like you said, you group him in with all those other guys and forget he's kind of that, like, young up-and-comer. It's kind of like Dadzuk was with all those stacked Red Wings teams, right? Like, Dadzuk exactly. was just a young guy, and then now he's the man, or he was the man, and you know, kind of like with Pasternak. He's, well, he's, he's like the same age forward. or younger than McAvoy. And McAvoy, I always think of as like being a kid still. Anyway, mm-hmm. I digress. But <laughs> uh, what are you seeing in these playoffs? What's uh, What sort of insider info have you got for us this week? 
Well, I'll state I'll state the obvious. I think everyone's looking at is that I think the Avalanche are just going to cruise past the Preds as long as Saros is out. That they're they're screwed. I think Nashville. Wait, so, but so you're saying I'll probably be wrong when I said the Preds will go to the Stanley Cup. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Like, Stay hot, Michael. Holy fuck! <laughs> Like, based on their actual, like, odds going into the series, if they had Saros starting from the, from the get-go, I would throw down, like, five bucks just because the odds were so crazy. But there's no way this team's going to upset the avalanche, I think, at all. Um, I'm still hoping for – I know everyone's been, like, saying flames in, like, five or six. I'm hoping for stars in seven in that one. Um, I don't know, it's a nice little defensive battle there because the Stars aren't, aren't known for their offense. If they could shut down the Flames like they did in game one, we can have a nice little defensive battle through every single game. Um, I'm watching the Rangers right now in the background. That game one was wild. And then DeSmith going down. We laughed at Michael when, when we were like, you were relying on Casey DeSmith. And now I'm like, oh, man, yeah. the Penguins are missing Casey DeSmith. So. I told you guys. That, that's a surprise for me. Was I didn't think that I'd be sitting here saying, wow, I'm, the, the Penguins might be screwed because Casey DeSmith is no longer uh, starting for them. So that might be my biggest surprise so far. Yeah. How about that interview, though, eh, with uh, Louis Domingue, the, the spicy pork <laughs> and broccoli? That was fucking hilarious. Dude, that guy's the fucking man. I love that. Yeah. Well, he's also played in, like, like I think of Domingue as, like, being the backup to the backup always in like Tampa and Arizona. Like, I don't even know if I knew he was like a Francophone. Like, yeah, you know, I had the spicy brook and the broccoli. Uh. Like, I didn't, I didn't like that. I didn't, I don't know. That wasn't on my bingo card. So <laughs> watching that game, Christian uh, game one there, did you think Shesterkin was ever going to get beat in the overtime the way it was going? Cause the number kept climbing. They're like, oh, he's at 62 saves. He's at yeah. 70. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Well, basically, I, I guess I'll say no because I was sitting there and I was just watching being like, man, Shesterkin's really going to get 100 saves in this game. Eh? Like, I thought it was just going to go because, like, they were at this point just fire. Everyone was, like, dead at that point, just firing what you can, and you're not going to beat them with that, like, wild one. And then that's all it is, right? Get that traffic in front and then boom. I didn't think he was going to get beat. I thought that was still theirs to, to win. But uh, especially when Domingue came in, I thought it wasn't even going to go that, that deep. I keep going, but he held his own. And, yeah, I was, I was shocked. But I, I think I took the Rangers in five or six, to be honest with you. So Do you, uh, do you think, though, that game should have, should have been uh, over with in the third? Do you think that goal should have been called back, that Rangers goal? Uh, I, I, like – I thought it was, I thought I think everything was fine with the way it was. Like I didn't think it was. I saw some people saying that it was it should have been done in the third. I don't. I think it was all good with with what what went down. So I I wasn't up in arms about it. I don't know. How do you feel? I think I don't know. I think there's half of me that gets it and half of me that thinks it should have been a goal. Mm. Um, and then which leads me to my next point: the officiating so far has been driving me fucking nuts. I don't know what, <laughs> what you guys think, but even in the like Toronto-Tampa games, both ways, like Toronto's had power plays where it's like, really, that's a fucking penalty. It's the playoffs. And then mm-hmm. on Toronto that have been stopped. It, it, it's both ways. It's driving me nuts. Even in the other games I'm watching, and it's like light fucking taps of the stick. And 
calls. Like the first game, they were it was ridiculous in game one of Toronto Tampa. Like that was just the the refs couldn't put the fucking that whole game was special teams. It fucking drove me nuts. Like yeah. I know Toronto won, but it was fucking ridiculous. It has no fluidity to it when it's no. like that. But, but yeah, stars got stars got hammered with a bunch of penalties too in game one, and they went like the first ten minutes without a shot. So it, it was pretty rough too in that sense. But. Yeah, I've noticed that there have been some, some pretty brutal calls for, for it being the playoffs, too. It's a, it's a mixture of just inconsistency, right? Like a mixture of stuff that should have been called that didn't get called and vice versa. I, I feel like they're kind of trying to make up for – because the whole narrative come to playoff time, you know, it's that the refs put their whistle away, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, now it's like I, I saw one of, the, one of the calls in, I think, game one of the Leafs game. It was just like a small little, like – like very minor hook, like it, you might miss it if you're not even looking at it. And they called it right away. And I'm like, are we calling, we're calling this. Like I've seen worse, like I've seen worse things occur in the game. And this is the one you're going to, you know, you're going to call. Like, are you just trying to give, you know, teams a shot to go on the power play, like create more scoring because they know, you know, teams kind of tighten up defensively more in the playoffs. And now it's like, you know, I think there's a point to calling the game the way it's supposed to, but also we're in, you know, we're in big times now. Like you have to be, if you're going to call a penalty, call it right and let these guys decide it for themselves at the end of the day too, because, you know, it's the Stanley Cup playoffs. This isn't a game 62 of the regular season or whatever mm-hmm. it might be, right? Like, so, like, like the plays where, where is, let's say someone's wheeling through the fucking neutral zone. And a guy gets a stick on him, and he doesn't lose the puck though, and he continues on with the puck, and then the ref calls out of like he, you know what I mean? Like I get it. If it's fucking November, I fucking get it. But like, come on, it, it, I don't know. It drives me fucking nuts. I get the league and the refs are trying to stick to the fucking rule book, but like, it's fucking ridiculous, man. And like you said, Taylor, you, you got whistles every two fucking minutes, and and you keep mm-hmm. the big boys. If if your team's killing penalties for a quarter of the game, then you got your superstar sitting on the bench. It's funny. Like, game one before uh, the, before, you know, the Leafs really took over. I was starting to, I was starting to bitch like, where's Matthews? And then I realized like, he just hadn't been fucking playing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like uh, that, that's the thing is, is I think it was such a chippy end to this NHL regular season. It was such a weird year, eh? Because like, it was almost a throwback year, you know. There was it, hockey got chippy this year, and there was so much fucking scoring. It's actually kind of sick, but um, yeah, I, I wonder if the refs really just wanted to come out here at the start of the round and be like, you know, we got to keep things in line and blah blah blah, and then you know they'll ease up as it goes. But who the fuck knows, man? The Leafs took seven minor penalties last night in game two, so. Fuck. <laughs> What do you think's going on in this Toronto-Tampa series, Christian? I've got Tampa in seven, guys. I'm sorry. Right. But I wanted to pay some respect and put it to seven. Right, right. (laughs) Christian cheers for the bad guys in movies, folks. Get the fuck – can I just – No, no. Last night during the game, friend of the the fucking podcast here, Pat Turner, fucking (laughs) called me in the second period of the fucking game. And he's having a chat with me. And he's like, well, you sound so stressed. What's going on? I said, the boys are killing a fucking penalty right now. 
And then Tampa fucking scores, and he's trying to like carry a conversation. <laughs> no fucking part of it, man. You're not the game, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, like on? fucking, like come on. But you know how I fucking get. You gotta call me right fucking now. Yeah, yeah. But, he's your cousin, man. I don't know why you're <laughs> fucking airing it out to us, man. Take it up with his. Dad. <laughs> Yeah. Well, because Christians, 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 uh, yeah, Tampa and seven. That just made me start sweating again. Angry. <laughs> Fuck. Christians, the guy at the end of seven. Do you guys ever see seven with Brad Pitt and uh, Morgan Freeman? Right. Great movie. Christians, the one at the end is going. It's gonna be your head in that box. It's gonna be your fucking head. I know it. You know, he likes the bad guys in movies. <laughs> He's cheering on the no. cartel in Ozark. Let's go! <laughs> Arriba! Come on! Anyway. I've never watched Ozark. I should get into that. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I would say it's, it's pretty good. A little slow to start. Par. What's that? I heard it's a little slow to start off. Yeah. Pedestrian, man. You didn't like it, Angelo. Right? <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm in it now. I've been watching it for so long. It's just like, I'm just going to get it over with and I'm done. And I don't have to worry about it anymore. But like, it's not everyone hyped it up as it like you know being as good as like like a Breaking Bad or even not it's not as good. It's not as good. It's it's oh it's okay, but uh, what the hell's the guy's name there? Uh, Jason Bateman. Yeah, Jason Bateman reminds me of someone, and I can't take him seriously throughout the whole fucking show. Well, it's because he's always in stupid fucking. Yeah, movies. so it's like I can't like horrible. <laughs> he was in horrible bosses and shit. So it's like I can't take him seriously in this fucking show. Here. Jason Bateman just plays himself, man. So I got into the podcast Smartless recently. I highly recommend it if you haven't listened to it. It's with Will Arnett. Actually, one of the episodes with Brendan Shanahan because Will Arnett's a big Leaf fan, and. Um, it's with Will Arnett, Sean Hayes, who was from uh, uh, Will and Grace, and then um, and Jason Bateman. And I'm like, Jason Bateman just – he doesn't fucking act. He literally just plays in fucking himself. <laughs> the same guy in Ozark who's the fucking money launderer for the fucking Mexican drug cartel is the exact same character as the, as the sleazeball – in in uh, knocked up, is it knocked up? No, no Juno. Did you guys ever see Juno? Yeah, the mm-hmm. sleazeball dad and Juno, where the sixteen-year-old fucking Juno needs to have a heart-to-heart with him. It's the same fucking character. I'm like, this guy's. This is. Take your fucking vinyls, Jason Bateman, and fuck. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sure he's a good guy, but. Anyway, anything else for us, Christian? Or are you getting? I want to. I want to ask Christian if he thinks that uh, between Edmonton and LA, or Florida and Washington, who's more likely to to fall, the Panthers or the Oilers? <laughs> He's pondering yeah, it because uh, the, take your time, man. Honestly, dead air is actually good. They say <laughs> Survivor doesn't start for another twenty-five minutes, so you're fine. It's okay. I think the Oilers. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Washington's a better team, though. So, like, they very well could be could be Florida. You can't count out all their veterans, like fucking Ovi, right? Like, you know what I mean? So, they have a, they're a better team, but I don't think the Oilers are as good as everyone thinks. So that's why I think the Kings could easily take them out first round. Dude, Les Palango from Mohawk College. Would have had a fucking jammer if he saw that pregnant pause from you. If you were live on air. 
Oh my god. Ooh. What was it? Not the sat- satellite was a newspaper. What what's the Mohawk one? It was uh first it was C one oh one. Let's ask let's ask radio director uh sports director. Uh it was C one oh one and then it became Indy one oh one. Indy one oh one point five, right? Yeah, man. Sick. Tune Sorry. in Thursday morning for the morning after show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With Michael Fano. Yeah, remember, when, remember when we used to remember we used to hang out at two four four and uh, partake in uh, recreational drug use and listen to Lipa on the on the fucking radio, dude. It's sports. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I remember are... coming on to do a sports hit one time. You're my you're my you're, you're my Hamilton Bulldogs, Bulldogs insider. Guy, <laughs> you're my Bulldogs and guy. Our what class was was just like the just a ragtag bunch of humans put together and then shockingly so many people went on to have like like i mean christian you're at tsn angela was at z103 forever michael michael he was fucking cjmr 1320 the voice of the city i don't know what the hell i did i'm just a roaming gypsy but like christ like you know, it was it, it actually came together pretty good. I'm impressed because man, did we ever mail it in a lot of the time? Anyway, um, oh, yeah. that was Friday for me every fucking week, man. I just mail it, I just show up to class so I don't get fucking fired or whatever. Speaking of TSN, Christian, let's go. <laughs> Haley Wickenheiser documentary, TSN Edge. Let's talk, man. It's a TSN product, bro. Let's go. Yeah, there's, no, there's no betting angle. <laughs> <laughs> so christian now you with your new position there at tsn do you just like if you're walking out of the convenience store and you see something happening do you just fucking wager in your head which way it's gonna go oh yeah all the time i like just this, bet random this, people on the street yeah like is this I'm like, like five, bucks, five bucks i could jump higher than you just random people stuff like that you know what i mean yeah <laughs> have you turned into a degenerate gambler I was already a degenerate, so now I'm just a degen- degenerate gambler, I guess. Right. We got to go up to Mohawk uh, Racetrack and bet on the ponies with Christian, man. He's going to have all the I've never, I've never, I've never been. I've never been. This is why – yeah, this is why our insider scoops have, like, kind of leveled off in terms of their shock value because Christian is just, like, not tuned in anymore, and he's, he's so deep in with the Sharks that he's so stressed out he can't figure out what's going on you know no my sources are the refs now making some calls before games <laughs> keeping those unders alive you know what i mean you getting calls from pat no. Donnie? yeah scott is foster it, is calling me up or is it no no who's the wasn't it pat donahue who is the ref who was the gambling ref in the nba yeah him and scott foster was another one too Right, yeah, right. He likes to make Chris Paul's life. So when you said Scott Foster, it was like, why are you talking about the Blackhawks yeah, emergency yeah, back up the home? E-bug, eh? Yeah. All right, <laughs> get out of here, Scott Christian. Foster. Nice Steve to see Foster, you, bro. Scott Foster. Nice to see you guys as well. <laughs> I don't know any referees for for anyone out there. I don't fix games. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. I'll talk to you next time. Hey, bro. Later, Later. See you, boys. Bye. Well, transitioning into uh, Quick Shift, the segment of the show where we talk about other sports other than just hockey. Uh, so we'll kick things off with the boys of summer. The Toronto Blue Jays have gotten their season going now, and 
about a month into the season, you know, 16 and 10, sitting pretty good, second in the AL East, you know, having a good start to the year. Boys, how you feeling about the Jays? How, uh, you know, for, through the first month of the season, how have things been? How do you things have been shaking out for the Jays? And you must have loved that scene with uh, Aaron Judge in the uh, at the Rogers Center, eh? Oh, was, that was a special moment, though. Like, you know, I, I I don't know if you see that in you know the states so much, but I know you know at least in Canada, and I know at Jays games, um, especially if you know a fan you know catches a foul ball or whatever it might be, they give it to a kid. And, you know, sitting where he was kind of in that home run alley there at the Rogers Center Skydome uh, probably said, if, you know, Aaron Judge Homer's here, I'll give you the ball. And, you know, gave the kid the ball and nice little special moment. I know that uh, ended up meeting Aaron Judge uh, uh, before whatever the game uh, or after that game, whatever the next day. So it was pretty cool. And, you know, Yankees have been looking pretty good too. But uh, this is about the Blue Jays. So. How are you boys feeling about the Jays? Uh, same as the last time we spoke, I think. Uh, the tough series against the Yankees, this mm-hmm. one here, losing two or three. But overall, they're playing well. Um, I don't know. Taylor, you a little concerned with the bats? or Yeah, big time concerned, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not too uh... – I don't know. I don't know. I don't know because, like – just like with any sport, right? There's a stretch where it's like, you know what, they'll get it going. But now it's been it's been a couple weeks now where there's been more games than not. The bats are pretty fucking quiet. And uh, that's supposed to be the, the team's strong point, right? So, But and- everything's kind of been shit, and they've been hanging on yeah. by, you know, like they're still 16 and 10, right? So one would think, in theory, it can only go up from here, no? You'd hope so. Right, you'd hope so, but I don't. And 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 Bobochet lately has been kind of up and down. I think there's been a couple times Vladdy's saved him on a couple of Bo's fucking throws over to first there. Yeah, Vladdy's stretching like I think he fucking stretched. The the Vladdy splits last night was unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah, like seeing him do that, it's like what the fuck? Because he's a big boy still, right? Like. Yeah, it aerodynamically doesn't really make a ton of sense when you see it. Yeah. Kind of like me, though, man. That's my uh, – although I haven't done it in a while. That used to be my party trick, man, is the big unit could do fucking splits, you know, get a couple cocktails going. But, uh, but yeah, no, the, the bats are a little concerning. You know, Vla- everyone's down. I think a lot of it has to do with spring training. Like, Vladdy hitting under 300, you know, George Springer being well below 300 and – same with Bichette, that none of that makes sense. So to me, it's like the truncated spring training, which you would have thought would have affected the pitchers more, but really is affecting the, the, the bats, right? So I think it's going to turn around. My biggest concern with the Blue Jays, man, is um, Hunjin Ryu. Um, I don't know if he's come back since he got hurt, but he, he, uh, he was hurt there in the – this the beginning of the season, I think one or two games he pitched and he didn't pitch very well, right? So, well, yeah. dude, he he's a he. I, I got to look up the stats on him. He's one of the biggest affected players ever since the sticky stuff scandal came out. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't think he ever got caught, but his velocity and his movement and um, everything. The second that they came out with those new rules. 
dropped way off. So I'm wondering if we kind of got screwed there a little bit, but we'll see. Cause Barrios and, um, uh, and Gosman has been like otherworldly, you know, mm-hmm. so uh, who knows? And same with Manoa. So um, let's see what happens. I think it's too early to panic though. And, and do you think like they're in a stretch of 20 games in 20 days? So, I mean, that could be a little bit of it too, right? It's only human nature. Like, fuck, man, that's, that's quite the stretch. I yeah. think the longest allowed in their CBA, right, is the 20 and 20. So that, that could be a factor as well. Like, I know they're, they're close to the end of that stretch, so that could be it as well. I mean, yeah. I, I, would, I, I think two guys are still kind of like Taylor was mentioning about spring training because they didn't really have the, the full, like, off-season kind of like before spring training games get going and then, you know, with the strike happening and whatnot. So guys maybe are still kind of working into like working out of the, you know, working the rust off a little bit and, you know, getting their swing kind of back to where it was as the season ended. So I imagine that, you know, the month of May here, we'll probably start to see guys kind of break out of their fun. Even like guy like Matt Chapman, who they acquired there in the off season, you know, I was expecting at least a little bit more from him and he hasn't even been hitting like, 250 he's in 213 so i i would imagine that you know as the month progresses i think we'll see some guys start to kind of bring out break out of the funk that they are in and you know jays will start to make noise and i think they're they're gonna be i think fighting with the yankees all all season long for that uh number one spot and i think tampa will slowly start to sneak in there as well like jays are one of the top teams in the mlb i i would say it Without, yeah, without hesitation, actually. Hey, so. can I can I just uh, bring up an interesting non Jays related point? Is uh, Shohei Otani had a pretty uh, interesting, like he made history at Fenway Park, which is really mm-hmm. fucking hard to do. But he's the first player in like 103 years since Babe Ruth to hit in the top of the lineup while also pitching at Fenway Park because they changed the rules, eh? Like they they call it the Otani rule, so now he can. DH and pitch in a game because before it was like he had to pitch because of the National League rules like he had to if he came out as a pitcher then he had to transition to right field or whatever so now he's like he can just continue hitting as a DH although because I was an American League ballpark I don't really know how that works but nonetheless interesting stuff there so transition next next to the NBA playoffs Uh, they're into the second round it's one of the first few times that we ever see the NBA kind of ahead of the NHL in the playoffs, but uh, they're on to the second round. The Jay, uh, sorry, not the Jays, but the Toronto Raptors ended up falling to the Philadelphia 76ers, Sixers in six games there and uh, moved on to face Miami. So uh, with the remaining teams still standing here, you got Miami, you know, you have Milwaukee, the defending, uh, defending champs, and you still have Golden State around. Uh who, what is the likely final come for the NBA playoffs? And who do you guys think is going to win the NBA championship, the Larry O'Brien trophy? Uh, I'll go quick. I would like to see where I think, I don't know, out of the East, Miami could, uh, could go on a run all mm-hmm. the way. They're up 2 nothing right now. Um, I can see them going on a run. And I could see Golden State getting back there, man, now that they're healthy. Mm-hmm. They got the band back together, and uh, I know they're tied 1-1 one, one, one right now, but I think they'll come out of that series, and I could see them going all the way to the final as well. So if the two of them meet, I'm going to say Kyle Lowry gets his second, his second Larry OB. 
Taylor, nice. what do you think? I don't know. I like the Phoenix Suns, man. Uh, to me, they're a bit of a surprise team. Uh, they went up 2 nothing in their series. But, man, I'm such a Giannis fan. I would love to see that guy win another one. Um, I think he will be a Toronto Raptor in a couple years when his contract expires. Um, I was disappointed that he didn't become a Raptor after this most recent one because actually – Masai Ujiri and their family, they're all pretty uh, – they're all – I believe he actually had something to do with them going to Greece, which is crazy. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to see Giannis repeat it, but uh, we'll see. Angelo? Um, I, I think that, you know, it's going to be a little bit different here, but I, I think we're going to see a different type of NBA final. I, I think that the Boston Celtics might be just a little too much for the Bucs. I love Giannis. Giannis is oh, one of the best. The Celtics, man. Giannis is the best player in the NBA. It's he is like just dominant from the word go. And you know, playing Boston, I, I like you know, it's a tough matchup for any team. Boston's a very good team. They're they're built solid. You know, they have the ability to win games. Um, I'd like to see you know Kyle Lowry obviously get to the finals, but. I don't think, you know, it's in the chips this year, at least for Miami. So, you know, go the Boston Celtics taking on a classic, a favorite. The band's back together, you said. No. Golden State Warriors. No. Steph Curry gets Dude. it. Probably is what would be his. Why do we do this? Why? I like to play. I can't take a break. Darth Algar. I like to play. Hey. How can you get against Giannis, man? He's the fucking he's a good player. You know it's, it's, it's Mike Babcock awesome. would say Mike Babcock would say he's a good player. Good player. Yeah, he's yeah. a good player, man. He is a good player, but he's the best player yeah. in the league, but man. The he's Cel- the new LeBron. I just, I just think the Celtics just might be a little too much for them. And I think that the when if they when, if they match up against Miami in the next round, that'll be a fantastic series. But I think that the Celtics edge edge out Miami a little bit and edge out the Bucks and end up going to the finals. But I think the Warriors are going to win this this title. I think they just something about them. There's there's just like last dance kind of feel, right? Because I think even for them, it's kind of their last last go at it as a team. Well, let's get on to the the biggest of the three mm-hmm. um, questions here, Angelo. I'll let Taylor do it because since he was since he was eating one, I'll let him lead this yeah. question off. Yeah. So so when we started the pod here, I had and you know what? I'd like to say it's because of my kids, but truth be told, I got a little bit of nostalgia last week when I was in the grocery store and it caught my eye the cosmic brownies. So I was having a cosmic brownie at the top of the show, and that got me to thinking when we were talking to boys here, like what's like the all time favorite now any of our listeners outside of canada you might get a different variety of treats uh thrown in to your lunch but in canada we have like there's like our staples so there's passion flakies there's billet logs there's joe louis there's uh those hostess little cakes um and of course cosmic brownies so my question to the boys was what's your favorite so are we just doing like the, like the savory, the savory snack. It has time? to be. I'm asking what when you were a kid was your favorite treat or dessert to get in your lunch when you were at school, right? And it can't. And there's no like you can't say like chocolate bars, 
or Smarties or something like that. It has to be like your classic plastic shitty wrap, <laughs> you know, comes in a pack of 10. I'll go, uh, Erica actually brought a, a couple packs. She found them at the grocery store a few weeks ago, but Dunkaroos was fucking. Wow. I forgot about man. Dunkaroos, man. Oh, man. Can't fucking oh that changes. <laughs> that might change things for me. Holy fuck. Yeah, Dunkaroos, man, right? And you had the different flavors. Those are fucking classics. Wow. And Which was Erica, Erica at the grocery store. Because I think they, they stopped making them, but she uh, said at Zares there here in Guelph. <laughs> they, they sell them individually for, for fucking two bucks a pack. Like, for one. Two dollars. So you just load it up, eh? Which is fucking insane. But, yeah. <laughs> Dunkaroos were, were back in the day top notch. Which one were you? Were you like the chocolate I liked, frosting I liked the, or the, the, the like the birthday cup or, uh, birthday cake, man? Yeah. No, see, I liked all three, but my favorite was the chocolate uh, frosting with like the chocolate chip cookie. Am I high? They had a birthday cake one, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. they did. Yeah, right. Yeah, birthday cake, just a regular vanilla, and then the chocolate, right? Yeah, or, or another, and then the regular vanilla uh, icing came with like the chocolate cookies. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, those were great. Oh, man. <laughs> we should hey, let's to go. Let's go. Sponsor the pod. Yeah. Right? Wow. And then also there's like, so I'm just looking them up. The joys of living in Canada. Like these are very specifically Canadian. Like what do kids in the U.S. or in Europe, like what do they snack on? Like they probably try, like, they, they, I'm sure they have their own version of these sorts of snacks, but well, they have Twinkies in the U.S., right? Yeah, they have, they have Twinkies and like, you know, like ho hos, and they have like the cupcakes What'd and you stuff. Call like, ho hos, it's <laughs> called. I don't fucking know. But are, I, are wagon wheels American? No, no, I think wagon wheels are Canadian. Wow, wow. I'm sure. Oh, Joe, those I, are good, I'm man. sure Joe Lippa is going to tell me when he hear, listens to the podcast. He's going to say, "Yes, wagon wheels are Canadian," or "No, you're an idiot. They're American." You know, Phil Prestige. I think once I don't know. I have a feeling he used to put a dent in the fucking. <laughs> I have a feeling he was. He was doing his late night snacking, man. <laughs> yeah. So what's yours, Ange? Oh man, the Dunkaroos one is—it's it, fucked fun. you up a bit, eh? Cause it I fucked me up a bit because because it, you don't think of Dunkaroos right away, yeah. right? You think of so, and some kids, you know, I I thought some, like I don't know if this was uh, mailing it in or whatever, but some kids would wheel in with um with uh, fucking pop tarts. Oh fuck yeah! I'm like pop tart. You can't group a pop tart in, man. That's, no, that's your mom and dad mailing it in. Yeah, that was sort of breakfast, like in a, in a hurry sometimes. Like here, have a pop tart and you're you're good to go. But not as like a you know like a lunchtime sort of snack. Wow, how good is a toaster strudel though? Never mind a pop tart, bro. Move over. Yeah, and I forgot about Dunkaroos because like when you're at the grocery store, you walk down the aisle. You see like the classics that you know we grew up with. Like, you see the cosmic brownie and whatever, but you don't see the Dunkaroos because you know they don't really make them anymore. Like other than Mike, what Mike found, the, Erica found, there hasn't been any. I haven't seen any. I know they kind of came back a little while ago, but oh man, fuck Mike, fuck. You like the oatmeal cream pies, didn't you? No, no, no. You know what? Deeper cakes. It's a toss-up because they're a little they're a little the same and they're a little different, but uh, I think the classic half moon was always my go-to. 
Joe Louis, Joe Louis, right? Joe Louis is there. Yeah. But the house yeah, Mikey, I thought you'd be a Joe Louis guy, bro. You strike no, me as a Joe Louis no, guy. My mom, my mom never bought Joe Louis when I was a kid. So. Really? Yeah. But the Joe, the the half. But I went to school with, with either Dunkaroos or fucking S cookies. Like that was my fucking <laughs> yeah. You know, like so. That was the only munge cake thing I'd get in my lunch, man. Because Linda would stack me a salami <laughs> sandwich. <laughs> Like this, dude. In high school, it fucking pissed me off. I think I've told this on the pod before, but I never had a lock on my locker, and I fucking sometimes I'd wheel back at lunchtime to grab my sandwich, and there'd be a huge bite out of it because fucking Lafontaine or one of these other meatballs would have waltzed by and smelt it. They knew it was in there. You didn't keep the lunch on you, man. Uh, I got that thing on me. No, uh, no, I, I don't know. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, so what's your final answer? A half moon. Half moon. Half, half moon. moons are good, man. Love half moons. And they, like, even, even now, like when I go back home and I'm like, you know, looking around for a snack, it's, it's part of the Joe Lippa, you know, lunchtime meal every, right. every day. So I might, I, you know, he doesn't know this, but I sneak one once in a while. If, you know, if I can count and he's oh. like, that's six or seven, I'd be like, ah, he's not going to miss one. It's only one. He'll be fine. Yeah, but why don't you just go to the grocery store and buy your own pack of Joe <laughs> Because Lee. I get judged by my girlfriend when I, well, she's like, no, you can't, we can't buy that. I'm like, Yo, why? I, I used to lose my shit. I told my mom, I go, why are you buying these? The billet logs, man. Hey, I don't like coconut. Okay. Enough, mom. What is this? She, oh, your sisters like it. I go, don't pack it. Anyway. I don't even like passion flakies, bro. I, and I know that'll be a, re- a real polarizing comment for people, but whatever. I don't fuck. They're a little messy too. Like, you know. Oh, I don't know. Nah, nah, not a passion flake. Listen, I'll choke one down if I have to. But, like, it's not a bill log. It's getting chucked or getting traded, period. Right? Passion flake, I'll choke down. But, uh, my, like, okay, I got two answers. One, cosmic brownie, always. Numero uno. That's why I fucking bought them. Okay. But, but you know, when you go to certain kids' houses and they have things that you don't have and you kind of like, for example, I don't know why, but I like, we never had cheese whiz at the house. Right. My mom kicked cats. Cheese whiz. No, fucking dirt. Like, no, I know. But sometimes anyway, it doesn't fucking matter. Listen. Okay. I'm talking seven year old Tay Tay. He wanted fucking little cheese whiz that he go to a kid's house. He sees the cut cheese whiz in the fridge. I'll fucking try a little bit. Anyway, what other kids would have are gushers. That's, I would make a trade for gushers. Because it was, it was a yeah. treat. Yeah, my favorite, like, of the candy variety, it was, remember, So Delicious? Yes. Oh. So Delicious were my fucking favorite. Like, if we're talking candies, yeah. Right, right. Right on. Okay, guys. Well, let's wrap this up. Good chat. I love that. This is good stuff, boys. Um, we'll I'm nostalgia on this week's pod, yeah, man. man. It must have been me and it must have been. Do you see me and Frat Wheel by 244 last week? Buddy, that was. <laughs> did you guys stop in or did you at least buy the property, throw an offer on? We'll do the pod, the next pod from there. Like, bought let's, it, go, man. Man. let's go. <laughs> Look at Mikey's looking around. He's like, oh, I'm fucking Survivor. I know I'm coming. I'm coming. Survivor. Survivor's currently sitting on pause. So. Twitching, man. It's okay, <laughs> Mikey. Fire it up, man. <laughs> Bro, we'll get you out of here in a minute. It's okay. Don't worry. It's okay. Uh, the post, though. Okay. All right. Anyways, boys. That was a great one. And congratulations again. Congrats, Mikey, buddy. Thank you, boys. And we'll chat soon.
Yeah, after uh, maybe the Leafs win. Or I fucking hope so. We'll see. I hope, for you, I, hope for you, I hope for your guys' Round sake. two. It's happening. Have faith. All right, boys. Take care. Good luck in the playoffs. And uh, we'll talk in about two weeks or so. Or a week. Sounds good. Peace see in the Middle that. East. See Peace, you guys. boys. This week's episode of the Foot and Crease podcast is sponsored by LaRoe Specialty Foods and Fine Italian Bakery. They are located at 327 Bronte Street South in Milton, Ontario. You can visit their website at larosebakery.com and check out their Instagram page at larosemilton.com.